and welcome to Askler, the YouTube series where you Askler. That's right. If you're a YouTube member, you get to ask us questions every single month. So don't forget to put your questions in. And if you're not a YouTube member and you want to support us in some other way, you could become a YouTube member. We like that very much. Or you can support us at our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. However you want to give us money, we are willing to take it unless it's like some sort of OnlyFans feet pick situation. In that case, consent is king. Work it out between you and the person whose toes you need to see. Uh this month, we have a whole selection of delightful and exciting questions for Beige, Matt, and myself, and uh, we are happy to answer them. So let's kick it off with our first question. This question was sent to us by 3188Rocker. Dear Glorious Lur Askler team, I understand from your content and vids, y'all truly embrace your chaotic nature. As evidenced by the fact that I did not tell Matt or Beach that I'd be talking about some sort of OnlyFans feet situation. Does that nature rub off on your life partner? Or does it annoy and piss them off? And how do they cope with it? Let's move down the line. Matt, does it rub off on your husband? I'm the only person here whose partner doesn't actively work for LRR it's already. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also, the chaos is my charm. Mm. It's it's why we're married today yeah so you know does it rub off on him he's a guy that does my taxes for me i would not say he is incredibly chaotic i've met michael he seems like kind of the even keeler on the two of your relationship <laughs> and i need that i need That's someone good. to ground me <laughs> you know opposites attract yeah i, I would say that graham enjoys my chaos great okay uh i hope he enjoys my chaos no i'm i'm kind of chaotic in all the ways that don't matter mm -hmm. like when it comes to like you know paying bills and stuff like that i'm not particularly chaotic you know right uh but you know if it's just like what's for dinner bah, bah, uh, that's like kind of where i get that out and occasionally you know just spout off random things make up songs that kind of thing mm -hmm. it, it seems to work yeah I, I'm, I, I'm a goofball at home to try to make Heather laugh or, you know, just even to just improve your mood, just to kind of be like, it's not like, this isn't, this is not going to get a laugh, but it's going to be like, okay, you're, you're being weird. And it's like, great. <laughs> I'm glad you've, I'm glad you've noticed and you're not frustrated by it. Um, and her, but hers the same, like, it's the same thing. It's like, she'll be a goof at home to improve my mood. And that's nice too. And it's like, that's kind of, I think you just need that in a partner regardless. Yeah. So, uh, I have no idea whether that's, uh, that's, I don't know if that's influenced for me because apparently she's always been kind of a goofball. So it's just, I think it's just the gentle encouragement of each other to let us yeah. do that. You're each other's Roger Rabbit. I maybe. Yeah. It'd be better than being each other's Bob Hoskins. Which one of you is the Jessica Rabbit in this situation? Is that you, Beach? No, no, definitely not. I'm definitely not the Jessica Rabbit in this situation. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's some interpersonal dynamics. <laughs> Read into them what you will. Next question. Ah, Kathleen, what is the origin story of Brave New Faves? Anything spicy planned for 2023, like special guests? Maybe even a live performance? Asks Nicholas Falasco, 8539. So this is all the numbers. The yeah, I know, of... right? Couldn't, um, get, couldn't get the actual... Oh, wait, I think that's what they do now when they give you a nickname. 
is oh. that you end up with numbers in your name as well to make sure that there's no collisions. Uh, I'm not sure how that's... Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. so 8539 is not particularly like relevant. I think to, it's just being assigned. To uh, uh, our friend, the Falasco. Yeah. So... Anyhow, um, the origin was that it's named after the CBC, the defunct CBC show, Brave New Waves. Um, there is a long list of people within the CBC who would like to bring that show back and host it. Uh, however, the CBC, the mothership as they call it, has no interest in funding weird stuff. Um, but I'm interested in weird stuff, and I thought it would be an interesting challenge to myself that if I had a stream where I had to put together a playlist of new music every week, I would make more time to listen to new music every week. And I really have, and it's introduced me to lots and lots of bands that I love, and uh, introduced my friends to some bands that they tolerate, and it's uh, worked out pretty well. Nice. Um, anything spicy planned for 2023? No, I can do, uh, I can have guests, but basically I have to have, like, I can't, there is a, uh, a, a technological disconnect, but because, like, I can't send audio separate of stream to my guest in a call from the home computer setup I have. Right. So I can't get like monitor audio for them or something like that. So they only hear what goes out to stream. And it means I can't communicate with them unless I'm like typing a message or something like that. And it's not super easy. To, there's a lot of buttons to manage when you're hosting a stream and interviewing someone and managing all the technical stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm just, I just can't do it. So I need to get an outside person in to do it. Which means I need to pay someone to do it, which is not necessarily bad. <laughs> okay, but like okay. It means I need to like, you know, I need to, I need to hire Corey, find time that he's available because he's a broadcast professional and he's not always free right. every Saturday night. Like uh -huh. he's got a life and all of these things. And it's like, it's kind of a big deal. So maybe if I, maybe if schedules work out, like, he's got, like, long periods of blackout dates where he's like, I'm working, so I can't do it, right? Right. Why are you laughing when I'm like, Just I gotta like, It's like anything spicy for 2023, like, special guest. It's like, well, no, but let me give you the, the breakdown of how everything has been falling apart. Yeah. yeah. Okay, is there anything <laughs> mild planned? I, I, look, as far as I'm concerned, I just, I do the thing every week, and uh, it's hopefully engaging if you like it and yeah. if it's not don't watch it absolutely uh, there's a lot of people out there who love it yeah and yeah it's uh and if you're like wow where can i see this only the time i do it because i don't do vods the other question of of a live performance like how would that like, i'm guessing they mean like at a con or something like would you just roll up and be like i'm gonna play music at you for an hour and we're gonna broadcast that i mean that you, seems like it's also complicated. No or one, you bring a band in or something? And, well, I mean, I don't have the technical setup at home to do uh, that. See, yeah, I, we were thinking two different things for what a live performance means. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could have a band, like, call in, but that's a tremendous amount of setup for the band. Yeah. And for Corey, because it's like when you do a, a, a guest show, like, it's not just like, okay, rock up. Like, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you've got to communicate to people about what's going on and, like, do tech tests and stuff like that. It's actually quite a bit of work to get a guest on the show. Yeah. He, do like a tiny desk concert type of situation where they have to like crowd into this room and they have to all play together. At 9.30 at night? <laughs> while my daughter is absolutely not asleep in the room next yep. door, but is mm -hmm. trying to pretend to be asleep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, As one does. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, maybe I can have someone come to my house. That just seems to be the easiest way of doing it is just doing it in person. Yeah. Not impossible, but just like on the scale of like, 
things that I have energy and spoons to organize. It's oh, yeah. not been high up this year. Like I had plans to do it like monthly in 2022 and then, you know, husband got sick. Yeah, absolutely. So I was like, eh, this is pretty low on my priority list. The, the guests that you have in every time are your cats. Really? They don't only show up every time though. Okay. <laughs> well, how oh, unreliable. They Jesus. Could, yeah, I know. They could be getting me that cat viewership mm -hmm, on Twitch, mm -hmm, but yeah. no. Ah, so anyhow, no plans, but tune in if you want to hear weird music, I guess. All right, our next question comes from Console Handheld Gamer, who apparently avoided having numbers appended to their name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in honor of Graham playing Final Fantasy XII, I'm going to ask favorite Dragon Quest game. Nice. Beesh, do you have a favorite Dragon Quest game? Dragon Quest IV. Mm. Why? Uh, I believe it's Dragon Quest IV, if I remember correctly. Uh, so I played the original. Mm. Um, got it with my Nintendo Power subscription, mm -hmm. like I think a lot of people in North America will have done if you played it for the NES, um, and really loved that game. In fact, my friends would come over at lunch hour, uh, so it would be like, hey, it's lunch hour, everyone go to Beach's house, uh, crowd in the basement, we play the game for a half hour, and then we all, like, we hear the warning bell and we run back to school. We lived across the street from the school. Oh, I was going to say, how old, like, how, how old were you when you were allowed to do this? This is like grade four, grade five. Mm. Oh, my God. They do not let kids leave the school grounds nowadays, B. Yeah, I don't understand it. Why? But, you know, I'm not going to be an old man and have opinions about it yet. Anyway. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And we did that for many, many weeks of playing that. But then I was also like, this is my game, damn it. I'm going to play it at home. And so I did. Um, but anyway... Uh, years later, Heather uh, was like, I bought this copy of, Final, of, of, of of Dragon Quest. I saw Final Fantasy up there. So I bought this copy of Dragon Quest um, 4, and I haven't played it yet. You look like you're looking for a game to play. You said you like Dragon Quest, right? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. She's like, well, here, why don't you just give this a shot? And I did. And what's great about it, and I think it was 4. <laughs> I keep trying to remember because mm, they put so many on the DS, it, it felt like. It let you play as individual characters. Um, you'd get a chapter where you just play as a character in one part of the world doing a thing. Mm. And that character was a specific type of character. So it was like, you're playing as this old soldier. So it's a very like attack defense based kind of thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. But then in another one, it's like, you're playing as this girl who's like a who's like the princess of a Northern kingdom. And she has like these two guys who are coming with her. This is one of them's a priest and one of them's whatever. And it's like, so now you get to learn how to fight as like, in a party, but also have somebody who's like devoted this kind of magic and devoted that kind of magic. And then in the next one, you get to Torneco, who is the uh, who is a merchant, and his whole thing is you have to walk back and forth between the two towns, and you're trading back and forth between the two towns, mm. and you're learning the idea of like, well, there's these other ways to interact with the game, and you're kind of it's it's a like it's hours and hours of what feels like it could be classified as tutorial, but because they're giving you each your own little story, you actually get attached to each character. And so then when you become the hero, when the game actually starts after like 20 hours of playtime, the hero meets all these people oh. as he goes on his adventure and they integrate into your party and you get to do things based on that. You clearly have a favorite character and it's the one named character. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one I because I remember Kirill and I remember like uh, Ragnar, who's the who's the soldier. But Torneko made the biggest impression because I'm like, you want me to be a merchant in this game? It's all about like fighting monsters. I was like, no, no, there's more to this game than you expect. There's more to life. Yeah, than killing. And I've played some other stuff, like I played the demo for Dragon Quest Treasures, which I'm probably going to pick up at some point, and I played the demo for Dragon Quest XI S on the Switch, which was a lot of fun. But I also know that. 
JRPGs, as a rule, have gotten larger and larger over the years, and which is why Treasures is interesting because they, they kind of like we're taking it down to the smaller aspect. And that's what I was like, I want to go back to the thing of you could play this game in 20, 25 hours and you could be finished it. And like right. they want that's what they want this game to be is what it sounds like. Yeah. And then Dragon Quest Builders also looks like fun. And Heather's like, you should play that so you can finally play some Minecraft-ish type stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, maybe we'll do that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So. Yeah. I've only played a bit of the one that came out on the Switch that had the giant tree in the logo. That might have been 11. It might, might have been 11. Okay. It didn't super grab me. I, I'm used to the Final Fantasy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your characters get a lot of options generally. And it's more freeform and almost faster paced in battle, I find. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You're fighting with a party of people, so you yeah. generally tend to do more. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Dragon Quest seems... I guess you could say smaller in scope as a game. The, the, I mean, in the gameplay. The original one was meant to. I mean, the original one was meant to be a, a, a Japanese guys being like, "Man, we loved Wizardry and we like Ultima. So mm. what if we made our own version of that kind of game? It's like a, a Japanese version of an American RPG. And so mm. it was like you play as a hero, and that hero does everything. Mm. And then eventually became you play as a hero and a party, and they all kind of split things up. But that was, you know, Final Fantasy was. Make a party of people. It was more of a, the D&D kind of focused activity. Early ones anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's now switched to being like, you have these people and they do this and you don't get to pick. Yeah. Yeah. And they're dressed in weird things like a hot pink micro skirt. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's very practical. I was going to say a, a dress made out of belts is a weird thing, but hot pink yeah. micro skirt is good too. Hey, they said Final Fantasy XII. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which might it's have fair. been the last Final Fantasy I liked. Really? Yeah. Really? Did you ever play any Dragon Quest games at all? I did. I played some of nine, and I was like, what is the point of this? Am I just wandering around, like, getting bare asses? No. And peaced out after, like, five hours. <laughs> so you wouldn't like the grind Final Fantasy fourteen then? No, I've never played an MMORPG. Uh, not even a war- an award-winning one like Final Fantasy. <laughs> Where it's free to level 60? Yeah, mm. yeah, you know, as tempting as that is, I just have that kind of personality that shouldn't mm. get involved in that. Fair. I Fair. have a friend in Vancouver whose name is Mike, who's like, who has for a long time refused to even get an iPhone because he knew there was games that would go on the iPhone, and he uh... really, like, he loves video games, but he's also articling at the time and Fair. did not have the time. Yeah. He's like, no. This is important. My career is important. I've put so much time into this. I can't do it. Um, but now he has an iPhone. This will be a huge problem for me if I get an iPhone with games on it. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was into, he was like, as soon as I get something that plays some sort of FIFA game, I'm ruined. Uh, I was like, yeah. all right, well, respect. <laughs> I like how you were basically training to be a streamer in grade four. Oh, I guess, yeah. Have all my friends come over to... Well, we would trade the controller, so I guess it wasn't all about watching me play, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kids like to share. Yeah. Parallel play. I just wanted them... I just wanted it to feel like we were all having a chance to do something. I wanted to play the most of all, like, a lot, but it was also, like, you pass the controller around and we were all learning what how the game was working, and it was more about, like... This is also a good way to like get to hang out with my friends and to entice them to keep coming back to my house. Because all that stuff about was like, you shouldn't be friends with somebody because of your stuff. And I'm like, hell no. I've got good stuff. Be if, friends with me. If I've got good stuff, come be friends with me. Because that means that you'll have a good time and then we'll actually have time to become friends. Because yeah. when you're... 
when you're when you're shy as a kid and you don't really know I still don't know how to make friends with adults and it's like when you're shy as a kid any any trick you have mm -hmm. to become friends with somebody and to kind of develop that relationship is everything you need to make that happen. Mm -hmm. I've lived that life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you have friends who are cooler than you, then you're like, I, I need them to come back. I need to know that they're going to come back and we can continue to be friends. My social currency. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's how to make friends and influence people to be your friend. What's the next question? <laughs> what is your goofiest or most ridiculous tiny legacy? The smallest part of a small part of the world that you are at least partially responsible for existing, says the basis soldier. Ooh, I was the first person to put an entero bang on a magic card. Ooh, cool. Ooh, yeah, nice. That's awesome. There's a magic card in um, Infinity called, how is that a par three? And it's question mark exclamation point. Right. Because it's supposed to be like, what? Uh, and of course, the correct punctuation for that emotion is an entero bang. Um, so that's me. It's not technically a, like a. It's like not a pure entero bang. So I don't think they have that in the font. But it's a question mark exclamation point, which is the first time that punctuation has been used. Yeah, because that exists in in Unicode, so you can do it. Yes. Yeah. So for them to have to, do they actually end up layering the one over let, the other? Let me. Let me. I think I'm it just curious. might be an exclamation point and a, um. and. But or like, but like the point being, yeah, yeah. no magic card has ever had that before. Absolutely, yeah, that's really oh, cool. I'll look it up. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, uh, Matt, do you have a tiny legacy? Oh, I've probably done a couple things in my past. The farthest back I can remember, because my head's full of pudding, um, would be that I was the one that initially proposed the coffee that travels you through time for the Commodore Hustle script. <laughs> Ooh. That's good. And I like that. I just remember like that was one of the first ideas of mine that really like got into a script and made a script happen. Mm. So there's a little point of pride there. It's not an entero bang. It's just a question mark and an exclamation point, by the way. I looked yeah. it up. Yeah, it's still it's still it's that, still really cool. It's yeah. still a tiny a ridiculous tiny legacy. I mean, you probably prophetized anime in uh, <laughs> fairies. Yeah, so. yeah, you're you've made some weebs. I mean, that's probably fair. Like the uh, <clears throat> keeping. I mean, it wasn't just I was a part of keeping Animathon going for so many years, and I have no idea if they've kept it going or not. But not your problem. But yeah, it's like. Uh, God, I'm trying to think of anything else that might have made it. In. I mean, it's it's funny because it's like the the little impacts are more about like the little ripples in the pond where it's like you do this and then you become a part of this, you become a part of that. Um, and it's like, but what did I actually leave my stamp on? I mean, I wasn't the one who picked that the beach drop sound effect at all. But by writing that little sketch, we we made a series of really stupid things that are really funny. And I'm like, this is this is good. I like that. But I know there's got to be something where I'm like, there's probably a better tiny legacy. And I, I read this I read this the other night, and I was just like, I hope we don't do this one because I can't think of anything. Oh, but, no. may, but maybe I'll spend some time thinking about it and see what I can come up with. But nothing has occurred to me. So, What tiny thing are you proud of then? Oh. Not even like, oh, your legacy and all that, and you're responsible for it. What are you proud of? That's just a small little thing. <laughs> I mean, the beach drop thing is probably one of the things I'm proudest of, so we'll what? we'll leave it there. I think that counts. Yeah. Beach drops, time traveling, coffee, and uh, implied tarot bangs. Yeah. Those are our <laughs> legacies. <laughs> Paul, what's our next question? Time for a cheesy question from Harold Price. Oh, I think uh, 
There we go. What is your favorite type of cheese? <laughs> I actually really like Swiss Emmental. Swiss cheese is good. I'm, I don't like sharp cheddar that much. It's not like I find the texture crumbly mm -hmm. and the flag. The flavor is good, but it's not my go to eaten cheese. Mm -hmm. You know, people are like, oh, I, want, I really want that sharp cheddar aged 50 million years. You yeah. know, have it just turned to dust on the plate. It's In like, some oh. monk's cave aged. I, I like a good brie on uh, bread. Oh, a warm brie? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's a there's a sharp cheddar that comes in a red plastic container with a black top, and I don't I think it's called Imperial. Um, it has a foil peel back thing. Anybody from Canada has probably had this. Maybe at some point I've seen it in their supermarkets. I have no idea if you guys have it in other parts of the world. It is a sharp cheddar, and it's like but it's like a smooth. Um, if you leave it out, it is a spreadable one. Mm. If it, you have it in your fridge, it stays fairly chunky and like and flaky and whatnot like it's basically it's a processed cheese product but it is sharp cheddar and i adore it um i blame my mother for this because it's also attached to childhood memories because mm. like she would sit down put food out or whatever and she'd have like crackers and cheese for lunch if she felt like it that day so and you know cold meat and pickles and whatever else and uh so one time i was home when she was doing that and she's like i'm having this i'm like great i love sausage um and then she starts like flaking this cheese off because it was from the fridge and she put it on stone wheat thins and she was eating it. And I'm like, it smelled amazing. Like, I have no idea what this stuff was. She's like, do you want to try some? I'm like, yes. And so I tried some and I adored it. And she's like, you can never have it when I'm not around. <laughs> was essentially because you it's can't like. eat all my cheese. Yes. Yeah. That was the thing. It was like, do not go into the fridge and start eating all this cheese. This is, this costs money. You can have this craft Singles all you want. I don't care. But you cannot eat this cheese while I'm not around. We will split it and we will enjoy it. And she tried. My dad, meh, my brother, uh -uh. her and me love this cheese. And we're all about it. Cheesy duo. Yeah. Hmm. I have a very stupid question. Sure. So. Well, I'll evaluate that, I guess. <laughs> you watch a lot of YouTube stuff. I think I do, yeah. You know about the channel of the guy making knives out of different materials. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Did he make a cheese knife? Did he ever make a knife made out of sharp cheddar? I don't know. I've I've only seen a lot of that stuff mostly in passing. I never found... I, you went, he made one out of milk. He made sharp one... sharp cheddar would be amazing. Yeah, out of milk, out of, like, cardboard. You know, like, a cheese knife out of cheese is a no-brainer for a channel. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I don't know what my favorite cheese is. It depends. I just... I like cheese in general. I'm not the kind of person who's just going to sit down and eat slices of cheese, though. Like, right. I'm not a cheese and crackers kind of person as a snack. Yeah. Mm. Um, like we've all had, like we've now all enjoyed some raclette recently, yeah, which is fun, but I'm like, it's good. not my favorite. Oh, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, I Maybe Parmesan. Useful, delicious. Yeah, goes yeah, yeah. in lots of things. Some delicious Parmesan. Mm -hmm. It's because, uh, yeah, thinking about like, you know, I'm trying to go through all like Red Lester and you know, do the cheese shop sketch essentially in your head, right? You're like Wensleydale. And it's like, how oh, many of those- Wensleydale's like, good though. How much of those got mentioned where I was like, have I, A, have I had them? And B, do I like them more than just this sharp cheddar spread? Or like, or like I said, Swiss Emmental, which yeah. is like a really, I like that cheese too. Do you like a good chevre, not chavre? I've had, I've had it mixed with like, where they do the thing where they mix it with like uh, compote or whatever. Mm. I love it when they so do that. Good. Yeah. But eating it on its own, I'm like, not mm, as much. So. What about in a quiche with like nice caramelized leeks? Mm, mm, sounds good too, actually. So good. Yeah. And, and it's healthy because it has leeks in it. Yes. yes. <laughs> leeks are a vegetable. <laughs> 
So Swiss Emmental slash Armstrong aged cheddar spread. Uh, Imperial. Imperial, sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what? Brie. Brie. Yeah. And Brie. Uh, any cheese, depending on the situation. <laughs> depending on the mood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Manchego is really good. Oh, nice. Nice Spanish cheese. All right. Next question. Hey, folks, I know you all wear various hats in terms of helping get lure made and was wondering if you could shed some light on a on, on good skill sets for herding cats, keeping the lights on, and getting news to print on time in creative collectives or collaborative efforts in general. You're the only person here who has cats, so you should start, I think. Probably. That was a, a question from TK Facey Face GZ. Mm, it is a facey face. Yeah. yeah. It's like kind of a... Mm kind of face um i think if you are working in a collaborative setting i think it's very easy for um some people to be like this is what i think we should do because i'm loud and i have opinions um and i have like a, a strong creative vision and it's great that some pe that people have strong creative visions and people with strong creative visions are generally bound to create but it's always good to like circle back in and you know give opportunities to other people to contribute and like one-on-one -on -one time maybe if they're like not as keen to like throw in ideas and stuff like that and like proactively invite people to give their input and stuff um yeah and uh just generally like checking in with other with people and seeing what kind of management style works for them is really good like not everybody some people are can be like matt's pretty self-directed you can be like here you go matt please have it done by then and it will show up at the deadline right like but yep. some people need a little bit more guidance which i'm not necessarily good at because i'm also a self-directed person but you got to keep in mind that not everybody works the same way or thinks the same way or asks the same question. So, yeah. you know, how could you help in include them and foster them in that creative process? Oh, me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was my idea. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> patience is the, yeah, probably the hardest thing to cultivate continually. Mm. Um, especially, I mean, because if you talk about the, the nature of herding cats is that you have to feel you have to be like, I know we'll get there eventually. I know we'll get there eventually. I know we'll get to the point where, you know, that it's like when it comes to actually like hurting people or trying to get people to all come together to work on the thing that it is that you want them to work on when any sort of collaborative, whatever, it's like being able to say, okay, well, don't, don't let yourself like wind yourself up so much that you can't, uh, that you, that you can't work through it. Like you need a place to vent. I think everybody needs places to vent, but it's like, Cultivating patience is a really good idea. Um, and also working on f finding your system of time management that you know can work for you, which is really difficult, mm -hmm. like really difficult. Because some people, like Heather is very good at, I have a book and I will I will uh, journal. And it's, a, you know, some people use that as also um, a psychological balm as well, like a way to, you know, manage a lot of those of, of feelings of frustration or whatever. Um, journaling is a good way to do that, but also as a means of organizing your time and understanding what your tasks are. And I know that when I've made lists in the past, I'm usually good with a list for like a short period of time. Uh, and then that list gets forgotten about. It gets put somewhere else. I'm like, so there are other ways. My, my thing that I discovered that works for me when I was uh, doing a lot of help desk stuff was ticketing is one thing, but the other thing is saying to people when they catch me in the hallway, it's like, Hey, can you do this? I'm like, yeah, you send me an email about that yeah. and yeah. I will ensure that that thing gets done. And they're like, but I'm telling you right now, I'm like, cool. So if you, if you don't care about it getting done, telling me here 
is exactly when I'm in the, the middle of something else yeah. and not like anywhere I could write it down. Yeah, I'm not. Well, the thing is for me too. It's like I'm not going to take out a notebook and write your stupid fucking request down in my notebook and then go back to my desk and go through my notebook for the day. It's like, mm -mm. Mm -mm. you want that thing done? Email the help desk. Don't yeah. worry. We'll take it. We'll make sure it gets done. Yeah. But it's just, I, it's to me, it's like, I find it such an incredible imposition when I was doing, uh, when I was doing desktop work where people would just ask me shit in the hallway while I'm trying to do things. I'm like, if you were teaching a class and somebody walked in on you where you're teaching classes, hey, by the way, I know you look busy, but can you do this thing for me like tomorrow or by tomorrow, whatever? Thanks, you'd be like, what are you doing? I'm in the middle of my job. I'm in the middle of doing the thing mm -hmm. that I'm doing. It's like, don't come to me now, come to me over here. And yet all those profs were always like so happy to just interrupt whatever the hell I was doing and be like, hey, I could really use some help with whatever. I'm like, cool. Put it at the help desk. I will make sure that I get to it in time. It is still a pet peeve of mine to this day, as you can tell. It still frustrates me that people act like that. So, yeah, it's it's finding the system that works for you and then helping everyone understand what your system is uh, and then doing your best to work with their systems as well and being like, they work a certain way, so I need to work with what they want. Like, I'm trying to be better at work uh, to post stuff in our Slack mm -mm. Um, at times when when it's going to a lot of people at times when people should actually normally be awake mm -hmm. as opposed to oh i just had this idea at 2 a.m so let me write this thing in the slack and then let me cause a bunch of uh let me cause a bunch of like anxiety for people who are trying to sleep counterpoint most people have their notifications turned off at night and if you have a good idea at 2 a.m and you need to write it down just send it to me i'm not gonna i'm not gonna look at it till the yeah, morning right but that's we now know what each other's thing is right yeah and so it's like yeah it's kind of nice to be like I'll, I'll set Slack to post this thing that I want to send everybody at 10 a.m. And that's fine. And then mm -hmm. I, I don't have to think so much about it. But in cases where I'm like, I know I can work with a person in a certain way, it's like, I can just send them this thing now and they should be fine with that. So yeah. we, we, we know that. We, well, we know that because we've established that. Yeah. Be respectful of other people's work times and habits. For mm -hmm. example, I do a lot of work between like 9 p.m. and midnight, but that's just like the free time I have, right? Yeah. So that's when it has to get done. But I know that, and like, you know, when we work with Featherweight, I can ping him at that time and he's awake yeah. <laughs> because he's a night owl. But if I ping him at 10 a.m., which is like normal working time, he's not going to see it. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's different. I know uh, one thing neither of you mentioned is something you could call, I guess, ego management, which really you can only approach uh, completely for yourself is like, if you are in a collaborative situation and someone passes over your suggestion to go to someone else's, you have to control your ego in that moment mm -hmm. to think that's not a slight on me or my work. It's just in this moment, there was a different option that we went with. That is like patience, something you need to practice. Yeah, it's very difficult. It's yeah. like taking any sort of criticism, be it like implied or direct criticism. It's like there's uh, being able to process that. Yeah. You know, it can be a good idea in the wrong time. Yeah. yeah. Good idea, bad situation for said idea. Put it in the box, come back to it later. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Or even just getting uh, revisions for your work, like a list of things that you want changed mm -hmm. that can also be a bit of a ego bruise yeah. if you take it the wrong way or just understand it's it's part of the process it's part of the work yeah 
especially with creative work there's no technical right answer or wrong answer yes. there's just how the person in charge wants it <laughs> i've commissioned artwork before and i felt so anxious about once they sent the draft me going back like i would like these changes please because yeah. i didn't want to ego bruise absolutely right? yeah. but that's just part of the process yeah all right, next question. Kathleen, ooh, your radio program has interest, introduced me to genres of music I wasn't normally listened to. Therefore, Matt and Beige, are there any unique genres or of specific interests, not necessarily music, that you would recommend to people blindly? Blindly is amazing. Here in Amero. Blindly is the big thing there. Mm -hmm. I never recommend music to people just off the top of my head. Isn't it great to not do that? Because the thing is, somebody's like, some people are like, oh, you really like music. Do you have any suggestions for me? And my first question is always, well, what do you already like? What, yeah. what, are, we, what, what, are, what kind of music do you like? What are your favorite bands? And then it can kind of, like, I do like an iterative process. It's like, oh, I like kind of like, you know, electro heavy stuff. It's like, oh, have you heard of a band called Black Dresses? Well, that that's too heavy for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, we'll step it back a bit. And then, you know, that kind of thing, right? The vibe check, yeah. 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 And it's like, oh, I want it heavier. All right, well. In that case, you know. I have a friend that's a real metalhead. They know the list. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, like, I don't, yeah, I, I try not to just inflict my taste on any, well, I guess I have a whole radio show. <laughs> but those people are opting in by watching. That's right. Exactly. And you yeah. have the suggestion portion of the show as well. Yeah, and I always, I'm always very clear, like, hey, just because it's not for you doesn't mean it's not good. It's just not for you. And that's fine. You don't yeah. have to like everything and not everybody has to like what you like. Yeah. That makes the world more interesting. Mm. Um, I, like, you basically went over oh. how you would not say blindly watch the thing. But I think people should give uh, disco music more of a chance. Oh, hey, that's cool. That should have All right. a comeback. Mm. You know, some of that Donda Sumbers. You should try that. <laughs> Disco music is historically maligned because it was sort of associated with black and gay culture. Yeah. Uh, not because it was necessarily bad, although there are derivative and not very interesting uh, artists in every genre. Yes. <laughs> True. And Fair. the things yeah. that hit the top of the charts are not always the best representat representatives of a, you know, m movement of music or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, I would say... I would say adults don't watch enough animation. Mm. Um, I have a whole thing I do every three months, right? Mm -hmm. where it's like, let's sit down and look at anime. But I mean, just in the broader scope, I think adults don't watch enough animation. And uh, I, I think the, that's... So C.S. Lewis has a quote that everyone likes to throw around. Was it him? Was it Kipling? We're going to figure out if I can remember whose this quote was again. Just some dude. The quote was, uh, when I became... Uh, a man, I put away childish things. Mm. And everyone's like, aha, oh, yes! Ghost in the shell. Fucking got you. Well, that, Yeah, but that's like, <laughs> that's from, you know, one. I forget who said it. I think it was C.S. Lewis. Could have been Kipling for all I know. Kipling's thing was, anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, it does. But when I was a child, I put away childish things. And everyone stops there because they're like, aha, I've got you. You can't watch My Little Pony anymore. And I'm like, read the whole fucking quote. When I was a child, I put away childish things. And the second part of that thing is including the idea that there are such things as the world that are childish. 
So I, I Googled it and yeah. I'm getting Corinthians. So sure. It's like a Bible verse. When I, really? I understood as a child, I thought as a child, I felt as a child, I reasoned as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, uh, yeah, and then there's more of that. Hold up. I did not know that was from the Bible. Well, I'm, I, Kipling or C.S. Lewis absolutely could have taken yeah, that as a jumping off I think, I think off they've point. referenced Especially that. Especially C.S. Lewis. But he there was, was like stealth, quite religious. Yeah, and that idea of that, including the idea that there were things, there are, like, including the idea that there are childish things in this world. That, that, they, that was a C.S. Lewis extension on that quote. Thank you. Ah, yeah. thank you. When I it, only just Googled the first part of it. When I became a man, I put away childish things, including the fear of childishness and the desire to be very grown up. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's, mm. the, that's the thing, is that we all work towards that. Like was you, as a kid, you get this whole thing, oh, you should grow up, oh, you should do this, you should do whatever. And the, you know, we've kind of had this renaissance of, of people coming around. We watched Hook the other day. And Hook, if nothing else is a movie, is definitely an idea of like, this is what happens when an eternal boy grows up and then realizes that, wait, I've spent all this time not being who I really was, which was this eternal boy, which would actually put me back in touch with my family again um, of whatever themes are actually, you know, the, of all the themes that might be built into Hook. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a fun movie. It's it is definitely of its era, but somewhat it's a, antithetical it's a to the, you know, the original novel. Yeah. And and the <laughs> but that idea of like you can you can have fun and you can enjoy yourself and you enjoy all, all your interests and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And I think that's what gets animation maligned so much by so many people. And the fact that Pixar really helped push this idea in in the West of you can watch a movie that is animated and you we're going to sneak in a bunch of stuff about an uh, about uh, about um, all these themes that you can put in a movie because we've made it computer generated. So therefore, oh, it's technology. And that's something that adults do is technology. Mm. And so we'll all go watch a 3D animated film because look at the amazing stuff they can do in this 3D animated film. And wow, that's amazing to watch. And we can enjoy a nice family movie that is built around this amazing technology. But what you just did is sat down and watched an animated film. Mm -hmm. It's like going, it's like people being like, I don't watch, I'm not going to watch kids cartoons, but they were like, oh, but you know, Beauty and the Beast is such a classic. It's such a beautiful movie. Like that kind of thing. I'm like, yes. So work with that people. Like keep, keep kind of pushing through that. You can, you can find a lot like Ghibli films are amazing for everybody mm -hmm. to watch and you don't have to, you know, like I was, we were working at the, this is going to get long. I'm sorry. We were working a theater. At, uh, the anime club was working a theater because uh, they were showing Mononoke Hime. Princess Mononoke for all you yeah. non-weebs. And they were, um, uh, they had, it was getting, it's like, this, this movie is 14A. And we were working, like showing off, like, hey, we're the local anime club in town. Ask us questions about stuff. We will help like familiarize you with stuff. We're a bunch of guys in university. Yes, obviously, but we have, we have a club. And if you're interested in your, all this kind of stuff, you might want to join. We're also running Animathon, da, 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 da. And we saw multiple people walk into that film with like eight-year-old kids. Oh, no, that's not a movie for children. And we all looked at each other just kind of like, are you kidding me? Don't, no, don't do this. And we all sat there like, okay, um, and now. And then all of a sudden people start coming out of the film with their kids in tow. And it's the, sh it's the part within like the first 10 minutes where the monsters are out and they're crawling around and the guy gets his arm shot off with an arrow and it's pretty grisly. And, and I'm like, yeah, 
Dude, it said 14A on the thing for a reason. You don't take your kids to an animated film because you're like, oh, it's it's a cartoon and they'll love cartoons. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's animation can be for different levels of 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 you know maturity, I guess you could put it that way. I've heard a theory that the uh, animated shows on TV like Big Mouth and all of that yeah, yeah. are purposefully made kind of ugly so that parents are going to think these are separate from like the, the kiddish looking oh, interesting. ones. The cute kitty looking cartoons. Because Big Mouth, to my knowledge anyway, is not for children. But no. weirdly, it's an adult comedy. Kids are also a fan of the grotesque. Yeah. Like they're really into that they kind of thing. They really like, are, yeah. Kids love horror films. I didn't realize that, that kids are like, because I, as a kid, I hated horror films, but I didn't realize that, oh, horror is one of those things that actually really appeals to kids. And like, you know, they have those ugly monster things that you can buy, those those cuddly toys that are all really ugly and weird. And it's like, yeah, kids love that stuff too. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize kids are as much of a fan of that stuff. I never was. So. Kids love gross things. Penelope yeah. went through a whole phase where she thought poo and pee jokes were the funniest things in the universe. Yeah. And there's like garbage pail kids yeah. when we were kids. Kids so, just like gross things. Yeah. yeah. So my thing is, if you want me to recommend something to you blindly, you should watch more animation and I don't give a crap anymore if it's Japanese or American or if it's Eastern European just watch more animation and enjoy that because there's so much stuff you can do in animation that you yep. you it's harder to do it's less hard to do now because every film that every Marvel film is an animated film <laughs> let's, let's be honest yep. so yeah just follow the recommended viewing ages yeah yeah not for ki some things are not for children. Yeah. Next question. What's been a special interest for you so far in 2023? Says Pinball Witch 5256. I'm trying to game a little more. The year is young. Yeah. You're trying to play more video games? Yeah. Uh, well, I showed Paul a picture of it uh, before we started filming <laughs> this. Uh, in the next couple weeks, I'm going to be acquiring a pup. Ah, good. Okay. So dog stuff is your new special interest of 2023. Dog stuff. That'd be dog a lot of work. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A little, a little whippet puppy. The um, registered name, I think, is something like Meadow Mouse Mischievous Mermaid. Because dog registration That's names fine. are stunning and wonderful things. Uh, that's true. Finnegan has some sort of weird, stupid name that I don't remember what it is. Yeah. His yeah. name is Finnegan. Mm. The um, litter name for the puppy that we picked out is Smarty Pants. Mm. I think another one in the litter is named Ahab. Okay. For some reason. Great. <laughs> what The call name we're going to have for the dog is Juniper. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you kept dogs before? Uh, not me. We have friends in town who yeah. have dogs, so we're gonna get hand me downs from them. Oh, but you've but you've never like uh, when you were a kid, you never had a dog or anything like that. I just want to know how new of an experience it's gonna be. I have the vaguest recollection. My parents refute this. Okay, that when I was a baby, baby, like starting to walk age, uh, we had a golden lab or retriever. Sure, yeah, uh, named Sandy that. Apparently died before I could remember it. But you remember it. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my personal experience. You, you didn't really grow up with a dog. Okay. No. Okay. That's Cats. cool. You excited for this, though? Yep. It's 
literally one of the promises my partner made to me when we were getting married. It's is, in your vows. You get not in the vows, okay. but is it's in that the contract they signed beforehand? <laughs> we're gonna get a condo and we're gonna get a dog. Nice. And you got the condo. Yeah. So now it's time for the dog. Yeah. What am I interested in? It sounds like a gay love song. I'm sorry, but it really does. We need a fur baby. <laughs> I don't know if I've developed any new special interests in 2023. I have enough special interests. Mm -hmm. uh, um, worrying about what social network oh, yeah. I will be able to apply my trade on. I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that this weird diaspora has happened, which is funny that diaspora is another social network. Um, but this weird diaspora has happened where people are like, what do we do? And it's like, yeah, it's, um, it's a brave new world. Yeah. Things are breaking and I guess we'll see what happens. We, and who knows if we pick the right one. We kind of had it easy for like 15 years there where there was one or two main ones yeah. that everyone just kind of assumed and relied upon but tech doesn't really work that way in the long run most yeah. of the time. Yeah. When you've, when you kind of like having the, it almost feels like though there's an inevitability to it though, right? That it's like at some point, something like Twitter was going to have to go through a, pro, uh, a process of, of winding itself down for whatever reason. Like you just might see something like that happen or you might see Facebook have the same kind of thing happen is that you, these companies don't tend to last forever even though they want people to keep using them forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it is interesting to see that it's like new things have taken off all the time. So Snapchat was you know, up and coming and then and Instagram and then like and WhatsApp and all that. And everything was kind of coming up all together and all these things are bubbling up and everyone's doing all these things. And it's like, sure, that's great. And the like Friendster doesn't exist anymore and Orkut really isn't a thing and all that. And it's like, sure, you know, kind of like Blip and Rever. Or not... Google Plus. Exactly, right? Like things can, even big companies can have things that don't work out. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, oh, this is the next big thing that is kind of feeling like it's not going to work out as well. There was that rocky beginning of um, public video on the internet just because of how expensive it was to host it all where... There were how many different places and LRR. We just hosted our own, right, Paul? Yep. Refused he, he to nodded. jump onto YouTube right away because it was kind of bad at mm -hmm. the beginning. And which one is actually the good place to go? Oh, well. It yeah. could it could happen again. It's part of the process. Yeah. And we'll see what happens when it happens again. Yeah. All right. Last question. All right. Last question. <laughs> have you ever wanted a secret passageway in your room or home? If you have the chance to build a home in the future, would you seriously consider installing a secret path or room, or would practicality and cost likely win out? Oh. If I was in a position to build my own house, yeah. 100%, I would put in a secret passage. Are you joking? That's yeah. not even a, like, how yeah. much could it possibly cost? $5? Just put it in a book, like, put it, like, put a bookcase door up, I've right? Even, That's the easiest way of doing it. I've even thought that the, um, like, I even consider the the butler staircase or whatever, the, when they have the staircase in the front of the house and they have the staircase off the kitchen in the back of the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've even taken that as being like, that's a secret passage to me because it's just like, this is a weird, you don't need a staircase here. But no. you have one, you know. It's a side route. Yeah. yeah. I, when I read this question first, I was like, okay, but what two rooms are getting connected together? Well, How could you really mess with people's minds mm. so it one of them has to be in a room well both of them have to be in rooms that your guests aren't just gonna 
be in, so right. they don't see you going in or leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd like the idea of my guests discovering a secret passage, though. I mean, I don't sure. tell them it's there. Yeah. That, that's why I'm thinking, <laughs> like, one of the sides of it could be maybe not, like, in the bathroom. So mm-hmm. only one person's ever going in, and no one's really following you in there. Right. And they can, on their own, discover that it's there. So I- Except it also sounds extremely creepy to have a secret passage in your bathroom. Yeah, I wouldn't do the bathroom secret passage. So also there's like water and stuff like yeah. that. I've already thought a lot about like if I was going to build my own house, how I would build it. Right. And I would build it as in like it would be a two-story house just because I like stairs. Yeah. And it would be uh, it would be a square that surrounded a courtyard. Mmm, a donut. Well, a square. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a square a donut. And then mm. all of the interior rooms on the bottom floor would open out into this courtyard. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a yeah. completely enclosed courtyard. So you could let cats in and out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you'd have trees in there. It'd be really nice. Um, you know. I think that's kind of, I don't know how standard it is now, but that definitely is like the family home in, I think, like Polynesian, not Polynesian, um, Indonesian. Mm. Uh, oh, that region it just seems really cool because then you know it would basically probably if you're building a north american lot you wouldn't have a lot of outside space that wasn't in this courtyard yeah yeah that's true because you would kind of push the the edges of your house more towards the edges of the property yeah but that's fine yeah Yeah. because then like all my yard is private because it's insulated by the rest of my house yeah and like yes i have windows on the that look out onto like neighbors properties and yards and stuff like that it's a very old style japanese idea of building a courtyard in the middle yeah. of your house. It yeah. just seems really practical. I get to enjoy my very, very, very private interior space. Yeah. And it would have wonderful flow through. Yeah, you could, it would be like a shortcut in the summer is like you yeah. don't have to walk all the way around the outside of the house. You can just walk through the middle. I'm, I'm just thinking as someone who has lived in apartments and condos now that only have maybe two windows mm. that have zero flow through. Ah, uh, yeah. In summer, you actually get a cross breeze. Oh, going. yeah, for sure. You can have... W- stuff go right through it'd be so nice yeah. i i have always wanted a secret passageway like not not a room but a secret passageway between rooms in in my house i mean from watching webster mm. as mm. a which is an old sitcom where a uh fairly affluent white family adopts a black kid one of the many that came out during that time um and he, they he had a secret passageway i think from his closet down to behind a grandfather clock in the main room, but there was like a couple in the house. I don't quite remember how it all works out, but there was just like, I don't know why it was just a, it was like a flavor note they added to the show because it really had nothing to do with the show. But it was more about how he could kind of move around in the house however he wanted to do it. And I think they just decided to do it this way. And it's great cover for continuity. Yeah. If they're going through the wrong door, you, oh, you yeah, can yeah. just say, oh, they went through secret the secret passage. passage. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. Cause it's like, and it's only, he was, he was very small. So for him, it's like he could fit through that and like, never really occurred to me that it's like you'd have to have stairs in there and have to have whatever else or a fire pole or whatever else you'd have to have in that space. I'm like, I love the idea of the passageway. If I was to build a home, no, I would absolutely not build a secret path or or a secret room because I'd have to maintain that. Mm. And if it's secret, there's no windows into there. There's no light into there. Uh, and if you want to feel like a secret path, you can't really finish it yeah like you can't drywall and paint it and do whatever it's got to feel kind of cramped to make it feel like a secret passage it's got to have like unfinished walls it's got to feel like this got buried behind other stuff and you don't know that it's there Uh, and then i've got 
fucking spiders and bugs yeah. and stuff setting up in this place. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I like this idea all of a sudden. <laughs> what if you reframed it as a crawl space you could walk through? Oh, yeah, maybe. So it, it's actually maintenance. So, like, you get easy access to whatever plumbing. Right. Mm. So it runs behind the bathroom, not through the bathroom. <laughs> like, if I could have the house from Encanto, I would take that in a heartbeat because mm. that house is self-cleaning. Like mm. and you'd be like, I can work between the walls of the rooms because the, I know that the house is going to look after itself. Yes, it expels its own spiders. Exactly. Then I'm like, okay, then I'll have it. Yeah, yeah. Now secret passage all the way, and be like, you know, you're in the lounge suite area, yeah. sort of like you know, there's bookcases along the back wall and stuff like that, and you think you know, it's just like a narrow hallway on the other side, but there's like you know. A little tiny stairwell. It's like mm -hmm. a little secret shortcut to the top floor or something it's like so that. It's appealing. Yeah, you can come out kind of directly in like, you know, some room upstairs. I don't know. I'm <laughs> fantasizing about my dream house. If if you get like a pulley system so you I have oh, a dumbwaiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or just a one-person elevator, but you have to operate it by pulling yourself up and down. You know, a, a set of braked pulleys that are mm. kind of like you can't just let it go and fall to the bottom floor. But, you know, you kind of have to do that because if you had the actual machinery oh, yeah. for it, then it, it would be, be loud. Yeah. <laughs> Not secret at all. The crank in the thing to kind of be like, it's I just the kind keep of elevator that doesn't stop moving. That you just kind of have to. Hop oh, a paternoster. A paternoster. Yeah. That's what you need in your house. Yes. Paternoster. <laughs> People are like, what is that? Oh, the fridge is real loud. <laughs> <laughs> and it's constantly running. Yeah. Well, fridges are always running. Yeah. This. That's Hence the classic joke. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I just learned a new word, paternoster. You yeah. don't listen to Quirpline, huh? <laughs> I don't. Season one, there was a There's the a pater... paternoster. In it. It's yeah. been several years since I listened to that. Season. It's true. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Well, I think that wraps it up for all the questions. Unless there's more questions. No. Paul no. is shaking his head at me in a vigorous yet moderated manner uh and uh so that means it's uh, we're done yeah. so thank you so much for everybody who sent in questions for this month's askler as a reminder if you have a burning question that you wish to ask a rotating selection of loading ready run mega internet personalities well then you can do so by becoming a youtube member and then you get to put your questions in every month so do that and if you like supporting us consider youtube memberships or our patreon at patreon.com loading ready run until next time, bye, everybody. Bye.